This is Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week on how to live well. Shine On is heard all over the world as a podcast, but it's heard first on the radio in New York's Hudson Valley. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. I want to move to Colorado and move next door to our first guest today. Her name is Rachel Jane Groover. And Rachel Jane is going to help us expand our very being. Rachel Jane, could you please explain to us your theory about contraction and spaciousness? Absolutely. I mean, we so often look at what's going on in our life and we try to change that in order to feel more peaceful and happy and spacious and all of that. So I think that's how we grow up. We're trying to change outside experiences. But when we realize through the personal development work that we do and spiritual development work we do, I've come to realize that it is the ability for your earth suit, as I call it, the physical, um, emotional, mental, mind, body that you have, is it in a place of contraction or is it in a place of spaciousness? And if it's in a place of contraction, your mind is going to assume, conclude, freak out. It's going to do all these things if it's a contracted mind. A contracted heart would be, you know, pretty dramatic, you know, and nothing's ever good enough. And a, a contracted gut tries to control one's life or other people. And when you're in spaciousness through your physical and energetic form, you start to experience inner peace, unshakable inner peace and um, happiness because you're shifting. Mm -hmm. Is there ever a time when it's beneficial for us to be in a state of contraction? I mean, is it just the, the two opposites, contraction or spaciousness? Should we aim for something in the middle? I believe it's always spaciousness. And what most people will say after that, if they're, if they're new to this work, it's, well, what about if, you know, someone's being mean to me? Or what if someone's judging me? Or what if I need space from someone? And that's different. That is good energetic boundaries, good verbal boundaries. And when you feel more spacious in your life, in your heart, in your mind, in your body, you're able to create those clear, healthy boundaries with people. When you're contracted and you're fearful and doubtful and um, emotion, overly emotional, it's very difficult for that person to create really strong boundaries. So I think about, you know, a, a few arms length out of my body, there's nice, good, strong boundary, but internally, in my core, I am very spacious all the time. And if I'm not that, I start to feel my joy meter go down. I start to feel that, that hit of, ooh, I'm starting to feel more anxious and nervous and all of that. Mm, your joy meter. Where's your joy meter, <laughs> Rachel? Rachel Jane, where do you exactly. keep it? Where, where do you feel your joy meter? Where, where would you feel this shift? Well, my joy meter these days is, is very high pretty much all the time, and that definitely wasn't the case. I, um, they used to call me 
troughs and peaks girl when I was living back in Australia in my early days before I did any of this work. It was one day I was up and the next day I was down. And, you know, there was never kind of a rhyme and reason to it. Or a lot of people just flatline through life. They're just, just like, okay, I should do this, I should do that. And they're flatlining. And so the joy meter is very much felt in the heart and in the body, you know, when we're excited and we're happy, we feel alive. And when we're flatlining, we feel quite dull in the body, which is why a lot of our work at the Awakened School is to get people in their body, to get people in a receptive, open, spacious state, and how to hold that when someone might be coming at you with conflict or you've got a, a huge to-do list and you're trying to stay in that spaciousness when things are coming at you. And it's like training as an athlete. I mean, good luck if you think you can hold unshakable inner peace and your joy meter up without training your system to be receptive and open and spacious in order for it to do it no matter what happens on the outside. Right, right, right. I think I've spent a great deal of my life contracted and trying to change everything and everyone. And and you're, right. you're showing me, you know, turn this corner and, and connect with the spaciousness. What are you anchored in when you're in your spacious zone? Yeah, so think about the vertical core that runs through your body, right? Some people will call the energy system, um, chakra system. I just call it the vertical core. And it's coming up through the top of your head and down through your feet. And that's where your heart center is and your throat center is and all of that. So when I'm really working on being spacious, I'm noticing where is the tension in my body? And often when people are trying to control life or control others, it happens in the gut. It's like, you know, this person isn't doing the right thing or this person isn't, you know, doing it the way that I want. And you, if you stopped and slowed down enough to feel that clench in the gut, you would feel it. But most people don't take the time to notice and to realize, oh, my gosh, this has been a multiple decades long pattern. And, you know, it, it can happen in the heart if someone hurts your feelings or you feel betrayed and you feel that closure in the heart. So it's not that, you know, you're not going to feel some closure, but if, if someone doesn't know when it's happening and how to then start relaxing the, the outer edges, if you will, of that gut center or the heart center or the head center, then it's just going to remain in place. So I very much feel it in that central channel through my body that I call a vertical core. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dr. Sue Mortar, I'm sure you're familiar with her work. Oh, yes, yeah. I love Sue. And she talks about um, central channel breathing, and I find that to be such a useful tool that immediately yes. connects you to spaciousness. Can you talk about um, traps that people fall into when they get on this road of spaciousness? Yeah, I mean, they it, spaciousness allows you to experience more of your essence, more of your essential quality, not this personality and persona that's trying to get what it needs in order to fulfill its ego needs. So that's why spaciousness is so important. I just heard actually Eckhart Tolle, who's one of my favorites as well, um, share something on YouTube somewhere. He said, a lot of people have called it emptiness for a long time. You know, just be empty, empty the mind, empty this, or 
or the Buddhist um, lineage uses this word empty. So he says, you know, probably a better word for it is spaciousness. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's totally what I'm talking about and what he's talking about. And so it's going from ego to essence. And when you become spacious, it goes to essence. But to get back to your question around the trap, what happens when people start getting more spacious, more happy, um, even if it's in the moment, you're taking in the beautiful sunset or or your grandchild or, or something like that, you you start to feel this amazing expansion and then the ego wants to come in and go, Oh, I must be I must be better now. I must be I must be doing the spiritual thing right. I like the ego wants a gold star for getting spacious. <laughs> you know? Mm. It wants to kind of snap back into place and go, yeah, I'm, I'm good. And so that's a big trap when people are really committed to their spiritual awakening experience. And to me, that means you're spacious all the time. I mean, maybe 98% of the time, because we don't want to be perfectionists about it. <laughs> but like, it's happening all the time. And so we've got to be able to see that there is this separate self dynamic that's trying to make you believe that that's who you are. And we've got this essence that is multidimensional that doesn't that's that's not doesn't have any of these needs it's unconditional um and so that's one thing and i think, think the other one is really about the embodiment work which we do so much of is getting people in the body because spaciousness is felt and experienced through the body it's not a concept and still, even though we have a lot of people who have been on a spiritual path for a long time, yoga people, Reiki people, Enneagram people, uh, people who have done <laughs> Sue's work, you know, that's our, that's our crowd. But right. there's still so much in their head bubble, like really still so much. So we're mm -hmm. really doing a lot of work to anchor them into their earth suit so they can experience this ex beautiful joy meter and in inner peace versus just thinking about it and reading about it and processing themselves to death about why they're not there. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, you're mentioning, uh, you know, all my previous guests on the show uh, <laughs> into Reiki and the Enneagram and all of those things. But I guess, I'm guessing, we have to, st for people who have been in contraction, starting with the head, is, is a place to start, right? To read all the books, to go to all the seminars, to go to all the workshops. That's the place. But then... Um, Absolutely. Then put the microscope away, right? Put the microscope away. Yes. And, you know, I loved your, your, your guests and past shows. And when I say the Enneagram, the Reiki, and the Yoga, that is, they're all tools mm -hmm. that help this process. So it's not that... You know, these tools kind of keep people in their head bubble. It's that people don't go to the next level with it. Yes. And they, it just stays in the mental realm. Um, so, yeah, you, you need to go to the workshops. I still continuously try to find time to get to a retreat or of some sort. But mm -hmm. one thing that people can look at is when they go to a retreat or they pick up a book or they're doing their inner work, where do they usually focus? And I think of a trilogy of the most important practices on this journey, um, which is psychology. So anything to do with the Enneagram, shadow work, um, limiting beliefs, that kind of thing would be in psychology. Somatics, which is the internal perception of the body. 
And that piece, so that's yoga if done well and you're in the internal space, um, Qigong, those things. And the third thing, spirituality, which really is about receptivity. People think, what spirituality, prayer, forgiveness, meditation, they're all tools and practices of receptivity. And so on my own awakening journey, which has been extraordinary for me thinking, oh my gosh, I'm never going to really be able to hit this mysterious place called inner peace all of the time. What, what took me through the portal into this unshakable place was receptivity. If I'm more receptive, I'm more spacious. If I can open and relax, I'm more spacious, which leads to all of it. So spirituality is not so much conceptual, it's receptivity. So if if someone's working all of those three things together, they're going to make extraordinary leaps in their transformation. So the listeners can think about, okay, well, what are the last few workshops I have done? Or what are the last few books have I done? Have they all been focused on psychology and limiting beliefs and upgrading yourself or have they all been around spirituality and meditation or and then they, they can go oh i'm missing that second piece called somatics what is that about you know the internal space of the body or maybe they they do one or the other but when all three things have to come together to unwind the patterns of the last decades that people have had it's not an easy process but it is very very doable when those major pieces come together at the same time. We're talking to Rachel Jane Groover, best-selling author of Powerful and Feminine and Divine Breadcrumbs. Now, I'm, I'm not sure I'm getting that right. What are the names of your books? Is it one book? That's is it perfect. three books? That's is- perfect. Yeah, no, it's Powerful and Feminine was my first book because I created a body of work called The Art of Feminine Presence. We took around the world. We've had over 13,000 women go through that program and people can uh, come to Colorado one day or check us out online. And the second book was a memoir of Divine Breadcrumbs, really helping people through my own journey journey um, trust the signs and what's put in front of them and not be so in that doubt and procrastination and really trusting and my third book will come out this year called receive uh, the gateway to unshakable inner peace is your essence your essence that you you connect to in your spaciousness is that the same as my essence what a great question i my experience has told me that it is Hmm. at the most essential quality that is unconditional, that is not, cannot ever be disturbed, could never be corrupted, is the same. But as soon as we enter the soul conversation, the personality conversation, then our, uh, that essence is, is changed. We are separate in that dimension. And that's important to know and realize we're separate in that dimension. But in the dimension of our unconditioned self, my experience is I am looking through this earth suit and that self is the same that's looking and hearing through your earth suit. 
It's cool. We're like related. (laughs) (laughs) We are. Oh, this is so much fun. So much fun to talk to you. All right. I so appreciate your time. We invite people to read uh, Powerful and Feminine and Divine Breadcrumbs. And we await the new book that's coming out this year. We direct folks to the Awakened School, which is in Colorado. And I'm sure it's online and on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, What else do you need our listeners to know this morning? Well, just take a moment at any point today. Just stop and feel more spacious. Just in five seconds, you can do it at will, on purpose. And when you train like a great athlete who wants to go to the Olympics on these practices, you will move to a place where it used to be kept for the mysterious, you know, enlightenment Buddhas and Jesuses, and you can move to a place that is so much more peaceful more quickly. It is absolutely in your reach. Rachel Jane Groover, the guest you're listening to Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show. I just love that idea. It's so simple but profound to tap into your spaciousness because you can feel where you're holding yourself contracted and constricted. So deep breath and feel yourself spreading out wide. It feels kind of magical. Perhaps you are in the need of an intuitive soul guide. Just so happens we have one of those today too. Her name is Stephanie Palermo. You can call her Just Steph, JustSteph.com. What's her story? Well, I always had gifts, you know, as a young child, I knew things before they happened. I felt the energy in my home or, you know, wherever I was, but I just thought people, everybody else saw what I saw, felt what I felt. When did you find out people weren't like you? It came as I went along because I never quite fit in. I also have a rare disorder called Poland syndrome where I have a limb difference. So my right hand is much smaller and it's missing fingers. I had lots of surgeries to gain better functionality of my right hand mm-hmm. throughout my elementary school years. So I was always different anyway, but I always knew there was so much more for me. And my mom would say, you always just had this drive inside of you. And I always knew that none of it was in vain. None of what I lived through was for no reason at all. I always knew that I had something to give back. More than being uh, sort of the normal mom, wife, sister, daughter. It was much more than that. So I just want to give everybody a minute for that to sink in. Everybody who has been through anything, just let that phrase echo in your mind and heart. Nothing happened in vain. Everything happened for a reason. Steph Palermo is our guest and intuitive soul guide, and she's going to help us along on the path. Uh, When did you finally say, okay, that's it, I'm happy hanging out my shingle and I'm going to start I'm going to start helping people. It wasn't until I was going through my divorce I, I started to have really strong spiritual experiences. I tried to talk to my husband at the time and he would hear nothing of it. I knew I knew I had much more to give back. And when I was going through my divorce and I knew at that point that I was going to do exactly what I wanted to do. And I started to write, put together my first book. I got on the radio uh, in Atlanta. I started to 
tell my story and, and share my message. However, I really didn't come clean with the gift. I was afraid. Mm-hmm. I was afraid that people were going to say, what, you? Right. Why you? Like, why you? And you never or, said this before. Why are you telling us now? Correct. You, you know, not too long ago, my mom said, well, how long have you experienced this? I said, mom, my whole life. She's like, really? Just because of my chaotic childhood and, and the craziness that went on, I never shared what I knew. And I sort of buried all of it. Mm-hmm. It's not good on your physical body. Those of us like that, we tend to pack on weight because it's our protection. Who was the first person that you sat down and, and maybe gave them some intuitive uh, direction and they were like, wow, you're spot on? Well, believe it or not, I was actually in my therapist's office and I knew things about my therapist that I shouldn't have known. I said to him, I told him exactly what was going on in his life and in his world. He was stoic and didn't say much. And then the session was over. I went back out. I was getting ready to leave. I don't know if I was paying or whatever, checking out. And he called me back in. He said, I just canceled my my next appointment. He said, sit down. And he totally broke down and cried. Sometimes I know things without knowing, without talking to somebody, but sometimes it just comes as they open up to me, and then I get a feel for everything that's going on around them. All right. What is your connection, though? What are you tapping into? For me, I... I call it God. I feel like a buzz in my head, like a like an actual zinging in my head, and I feel it coming in. And I, ha- it's the gift of knowledge because I've had locutions and visions. Mainly, it's it's in my head. I know it. So we just have yeah. a few minutes left, and I want you to give those listening uh, your very best advice on how you can help people bring more joy into their life, especially by putting themselves first. You know, I talk about the DPP method. It's desire, pursue, persevere. And your desire for the outcome, first of all, we get a desire when something just isn't right for us. We're lacking something. We want more. We know something's not enough. So we have this desire for the other side. And that desire has to be greater than the fear and the obstacles that we, we think we might have. And so we have that desire, and then we start to pursue it. We start to make changes in our lives. We sit down and meditate, and we and we journal, and we say no to events that won't serve us, and we say no to people that are toxic in our lives. We start to engage in extreme self-care, having that quiet time to look in the mirror and see the good, the bad, and the ugly, and then only the total beauty that we are, that we are irreplaceable. And without us, without you, without any individual, the universe is lacking. There's a piece of the puzzle missing when you're not living in your purpose. And as you are pursuing, you will have to persevere because there will be thoughts, and beliefs that don't serve your higher self and people that don't want you to advance because they it makes them feel uncomfortable. You will have to persevere. And as you persevere, it might seem really tough. It's kind of healing that wound when you clean it. It hurts, but then it starts to heal and you feel better. As you deal with those blocks, those soul blocks, those roadblocks to joy, it gets easier. And then everyone, it's sort of that learning curve for everybody around you. Now they're no longer saying, what are you doing? 
because now they know who you are again. And then you can live your life and you can say no to things that don't serve you and nobody's getting crazy over it. You're just living your life. And yeah, you'll come up against things. You'll come up against roadblocks. They'll come along and then, but they just won't, they won't drag you down as much. So DPB, desire, pursue, persevere. Doing the next right thing that feels good in your soul Every day, being able to put your head down at night, knowing that you took the best care of yourself, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and intellectually, every day. Steph Palermo, an intuitive soul guide. Find out more at JustSteph.com. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. I appreciate your company. Hope to see you on one of our monthly Zooms or at the weekend retreat coming up in February. Get more at Casey'sPlace.com. Retreat is almost sold out. And our thought for the day is from the Franciscan Richard Rohr, who said, I am that which I am seeking. I am that which I am seeking. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show with new episodes every week. It's your time to shine on.